scriptures, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. I want to give public honor to my pastor for allowing me this opportunity to preach. And if you could keep him in your prayers as he's not feeling good. And he gave me a text um, Friday night. He says, hey, you're preaching, bro. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, but there's one thing I've learned, and, and that's to prepare yourself and when you're prepared and available it doesn't matter if you have a moment's notice because someone's got to deliver the word of God and I want to be ready at all times to say what the Lord has I also give honor to the translator brother Daniel yeah yeah that's a hard job and I appreciate you 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, speaking of Elijah, says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept, under a juniper tree. Behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And in the wilderness, wherever you're at today, if you feel far from God, there's a place of provision here for you today. But you've got to get up and you've got to take part. You can't stay where you're at and just leave. Because if you stay where you're at and you leave, you're going to die. And verse 6 says, And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. I'm not sure where the angel got the food from, where he got the water. Thank you. Where he got the water, he got it right there. And, and it was at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. The Holy Ghost wants to minister to somebody in this place. Somebody who's been fighting for a while. You've been doing a work for God. Or maybe you're lost and you're astray in the wilderness all by yourself. But I want to let you know that there's provision here for you. And there's a place of healing for you to hear today. And if you lift up your hands unto the Lord and lift up your expectation it doesn't matter really who's preaching it matters that the word of God goes forth and so I want you to lift up your expectation and say God whatever you have for me today I'm here to receive it I want to receive what you have for me because I'm tired and I'm weary and I can't do this on my own but when I lay down my pride and I humble myself before you and I say God I can't make it hallelujah then the angel of the Lord is going to show up right here the angel of the Lord is going to show up here today and the ministering angel of the Lord is going to show up here today hallelujah the Holy Ghost is moving right here it's already here hallelujah prepare your heart to receive the word of God hallelujah the Holy Ghost is moving even now God whatever you want for me today I receive it Jesus name anoint this mouth to declare your word with boldness and with love in Jesus name Amen. you guys may be seated
my title today is uh, Provisions for a Soldier. If you forgive me, I'm uh, overcoming some sickness. was in like 85 degrees and then I come back here and it's cold. <laughs> and I'm a skinny guy so I don't have a bunch of fat to keep me warm. <laughs> um, a soldier is a person who serves in an army. A skilled warrior, but I won't bore you with definitions. I'm going to talk about four types of soldiers today. And the first type is an active soldier. Is there anyone here who served in the military? Or is there anyone here who knows someone who served in the military? There you go, okay. (laughs) Active soldiers have 24-7 availability. They're focused. They're disciplined. They also have weapons, and they know how to use them. Sometimes they're fighting alone on special missions, and that's when it gets pretty hard because you're all by yourself. Uh, it's, it's a little bit easier when you're with, all, with your squad of people because you can help each other out and lift each other up, but it's a little bit more challenging when you're alone. And I've just, uh, someone anointed this pulpit, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, I was in Costa Rica for two months and uh, served there with the Campbells. If you guys know them, they're awesome. And I had a great time. And and I grew a lot spiritually. And may, some people said I got taller. So maybe I grew physically too. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I was able to, to minister there um, in the Word of God out of my comfort zone. But um, young people... Just make yourself available to God. Just do it. And and give yourself unto the Lord, and, and He's going to do great things through you. Um, I, I was at a church, and uh, I was praying because they were having me speak. It was a, for a Sunday service, and I was kind of nervous. I'm like, what in the world? I don't, I don't even know Spanish, man. And, uh, and so uh, I have my friendly translator. He's an awesome dude. And, uh, and God laid a message on my heart. Um, and I was, what in the world? I, I don't go here. How am I supposed to preach this message? It's hard. It was like one of those, like, get yourself right or you're going to hell. Not like that, but but pretty close. And it was about idols and, and about, you know, if you don't get idols out of your life, you're going to be held back like this because they're a snare and a trap to you and you can't go forward. And, and God gave that word to me, and I was like, well, I guess this is from the Lord, and we'll just see. So I went up and preached and, and did the best I could, and then it was something deep moved in there and and people got delivered and stuff and so praise God but the cool thing is um I was there and and I was by myself the missionaries weren't with me they were preaching at another church and so I'd do this one alone and uh so I was like what's going on but there is confirmation that came from the congregation they told me because I understand some Spanish so I was okay I got it. And they were telling me, they were like, that was a direct word from God to us because we need to hear that. And thank you for speaking. I'm like, okay. So the confirmation is one thing that's going to build you up as you're fighting this walk of faith. Uh, as you just step out and do some things and you're going to get confirmation and you're going to realize you're going on the right path. And so you realize you're on the right path and you just continue going on. And uh, it was a direct word of God and and something I prayed and the translator told me, he said, 
you operated in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm like, oh, what in the world? He's like, yeah, because there's discernment, and you said some certain things that people were dealing with that need to be said. I'm, okay, so there it is, and there's something that's built up. And when you're on those special missions, when you're by yourself, uh, don't be afraid because you're not with your brother. Don't be afraid because you're not with somebody else because God's going to develop things in you where you're not going to be like, wow, I'm so cool. Look at me, everybody. No, because you're by yourself and you can't show off to anybody. It's, it's not about you at that moment, and, and it never is. So we're there, and, and then other times um, when you're fighting as a soldier, you're in an army. Um, and when you're either alone or... And the army, uh, do you have Jude 20, Jude verse 20? You go there. This is one thing that I learned. Um, I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, my, my talents and abilities only go so far. And so it says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then it goes on to say, keep yourself in the love of God and all these things. But you learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. And you stop praying your own words and you stop praying what you want to pray. And the Holy Ghost shows up and he begins to pray through you things that you don't understand. And when he begins to pray through things that you don't understand, you will begin to speak things out that people need to hear. Because the Holy Ghost is operating through you. Um, And other times, it's great because you're like operating together and... So I was, I was, we went to some church way out in the country. We have to get up, I forget, probably six o'clock in the morning and drive two and a half, three hours to church. And that was crazy. I don't complain about waking up here anymore because that was early. And, and it's crazy because we're in this church and these people walk to church. There was a few people who show up on motorcycles, I believe like one vehicle, but there was about 80 people in this whole congregation, and it rains there, and they're all walking, walking for miles to come to church, and and so I made up my mind, like, there is never an excuse for me to miss coming to the house of God, because these people are going to come, and when, when I realized that, too, because they ha- they're having me, they're like, you're preaching this one, too, okay, here we go, and uh, so I was there, and like, you better do good because these people walk to church, bro. You don't, 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 don't just come up and say a cute little message. These people need help. And they're hungry. These people are hungry. My God. And they're seeking after God. And, and uh, I, was, I was praying before that service. I'm like, God, what do you want me to speak about? Uh, and he's like, abide in the Spirit. Okay. So I pray about, study out, and preach on the Holy Ghost. And, and I didn't know this. But that church is only three years old, so a bunch of young young people. They don't really know. They're not very deep in the things of God yet, and and so tons of people need the Holy Ghost. That's what it was, and so I'm like, okay, that's another confirmation from God. He's developing, and five people received the Holy Ghost because God showed up and He showed off, and it's it's nothing that that a preacher does, but you do get what you preach. So if you're going to preach on the Holy Ghost, people are going to get filled, stuff like that. And uh, there's a guy there. His name is Victor. Do you have a picture? I think it's that first one, that smiling person. Yeah. Yeah, the guy right in the middle. I'm I'm on his right, and his wife's on his left. And 
he was so happy after that service. This guy was so hungry for God. We, we showed up. All they have there, you can see a guy with a guitar, but they weren't playing guitar for the service. It was only a piano. That's it. So if you guys, we were missing the guitarist and the aux today. If you guys like the only three-piece band, well, try having a one. So, yeah, they just had a piano, and that's it. But we we're getting down and praising the Lord. And cause it's all about your heart. It's all about your heartbeat to God. And this guy named Victor, as soon as the music starts, he just starts weeping. I'm like, dear God, this guy needs help. And uh, he's up there just praying on the front row. And I'm like, I should pray for him. And I'm like, nah, that's, I'm not going to step off. Because they have, they have the people sit on the platform who ministers. I'm like, okay, I'm sitting up here and looking at this guy crying. And he's just crying the whole service. And then I get up to preach, and he's still, like, so focused. He's feeling so moved by the presence of God, and I'm like, dear God, okay, and he comes forward, and we give the, the altar call to come and receive the Holy Ghost, and this guy just like drops to his knees, and he just belts it out, I'm like, dear God, praise the Lord, and he, so he's, he's receiving the Holy Ghost, and I was so happy to see a guy who is hungry for God, and what, I, what I'm telling you from this is just to tell you some stories, but really, to encourage you that you can hear from God and you can meet people right where they're at. It doesn't matter if there's only 20 people in here, if there's a thousand people inside of a huge auditorium. God wants you to talk to people. He wants you to tell people about Him and, and that they can receive something. And when you hear from God, let Him send you to go. It's not easy to get up and travel, no, but I had the opportunity, so I just went up and went and I realized that Working for Jesus is the best. I had a blast. Like it was, I wanted to come back here, but I didn't because it was fun over there. And you just get to work for the Lord and, and do that stuff all the time. And uh, so that's what an active soldier is. That's what they do. They get out there and they fight. They push. They, they, they see people get filled with the Holy Ghost. They're out there working for God, doing everything they can to see harvest. And the, the second type, though, is, uh, is an enemy soldier. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 18 through 19. If any of you guys ever get bored, just yawn, and I'll know to go a little bit faster. But I learned how to speak with a translator, so I'm not going to talk super fast today. <laughs> Amen. I could talk the same rate if you want. You ready? For many walk of whom I have told you, often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. He works even harder than the guys I was with. So these are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. And so the enemy soldier, it's, I'm not talking about the, the enemies of darkness, the, the devils and such, but I'm talking about people who come against you on your job, people who are despiteful of the things of God, who outright hate what you're doing for God. These are people who are coming against you, who the devil is using to attack you and to oppose you. These are false prophets. These are people who are deceptive. These are people who will, who will masquerade as a Christian, but they're actually a witch sitting in the back of the church for three months. And then they get up to curse once they're found out. 
And these are enemy soldiers. They're hateful. They're actively hostile. These people live a life of iniquity. But they also have a provision too. Enemy soldiers have provision. Our provision's in the Holy Ghost. The angels come and minister to us when we are down and when we're out. But in Psalm chapter 14 and uh, verse 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread. This is the this is the bread and the provision of the enemy soldier. Is and this is why you, you see young people or, or people at work and you feel like you're attacked so much. You feel like this dude keeps on ripping on you. That's They're feeding off of you. They're trying to get provision from the people of God. They're trying to eat up the people of God and destroy you. But God is with us. And so the provision for enemy soldiers is the troops of the Lord. And you may find yourself in this camp today. An enemy of God. You may be fighting against God and His ways. You may make fun of all the people who serve God. But there's also a place for you if you turn from your ways and you repent. Because the very people who crucified Jesus, they were enemies of the Lord. They were enemy soldiers. They crucified Jesus. But one day when the Holy Ghost came, and the active soldiers of the Lord received their provision. One guy, he's an apostle, a missionary. He did all these great things. His name's Peter. He stood up and he's like, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, I'm going to look at all these people who are staring at me funny and mocking me and saying, bro, you're drunk. What's wrong with you? And he said, listen, you guys crucified Jesus, but there is hope for you. And, and he preached hard to them. And, and these enemy soldiers, they, sometimes enemy soldiers will come in here and they'll feel conviction. They'll feel something grip their heart and say, oh man, I'm, I'm living a wrong life. And they'll go back out and back in and back out. We see it all the time. People come in and out of the church. But God wants to set you free. If you're, if you're messed up today, if you're fighting against the word of God, there is hope for you today. And Acts 2.37 says that they were pricked in their heart. And they said, what do we do? How do we get out of this? How do we get out of this? Because we've been enemies. How do we change sides? How do we turn back? How do we fight for Jesus now? Because, you know, we've been fighting against him. We crucified the guy. And, and Peter said, he said, listen, man, you've got to repent. He said, you've got to change your mind. You gotta change your ways. You just turn. You're obviously sorry. Your heart is your heart is smitten. You're oh my God, help me! I messed up. What do I do? And so he says, you turn from that, and then you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, what happens now is the authority of that name of Jesus Christ comes upon you. And now you can fight for him because you have his authority backing you up everywhere that you go. Even if you're a special soldier by yourself. Even if you're all alone. That authority of the name of Jesus is upon you. And you can go into places. And you can declare the name of Jesus. And people begin to be healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. It happens. And it can happen through you. It can happen through you today. And then he says, not just be baptized for the remission of your sins and have the blood of Jesus cover you. But he says, you got to be filled, man. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And God's going to fill you with His Spirit. And something's going to change inside of you. I don't care if you're living your life today and you're just going to work and going home, playing some video games, reading a book, doing whatever you do. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And He wants to change your life and and making it. Can we all stand up for a second? I feel like we got to do something. My God. My God. How many people have received the Holy Ghost? How, make some noise. Praise God. This isn't a dead church. This is a place of life. This is a place of hope. This is a place of healing. Because the Holy Ghost has filled us. And we're filled with the joy of the Lord. And some of you guys are weary today, and I am too. I'm tired. I'm, I'm struggling preaching up here because I'm tired and I've been sick and I haven't gotten much sleep. But God is here today with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is going to move inside of you, and He's going to fill you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you energy. He wants to give you life. And so it's going to help if you, like, clap sometimes or, like, say something or even burp or do something, okay? All right, sit down. Thank you. And verse 39 says it's a promise to you too. The Holy Ghost is a promise to you, Tony. It's a promise to you and to all your family. Yeah, it's a promise. And that means, Isaac, you can receive it. You can receive it because it's promised to you. But you got to go after it. And so we learn not to be an enemy of the cross. And I want to tell somebody today, you may have been uh, living for the world for your whole life and you could be 50 years old you could be 56 you could be 80 put up you have the picture there's some of the the elder guy i don't care how long you guys if 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 i've been living in sin for my whole life god still wants to touch you and he still wants to minister to you right where you're at. And he wants to do a mighty work in your life. If they don't have that picture, it's okay. Um, but in the, in the tank is, a, is an 80-year-old man. And he lived his whole life for his own will and for his own purpose. And, and even when things get dark... Uh, <laughs> The Lord is still a light unto us, and, uh, and he still wants to do a mighty work. So there's an 80-year-old guy, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. And he had lived his whole life walking in his own will. But when the Word of God goes forth, and it touches somebody's heart, it'll, go, it'll pierce through a lifetime of sin, and through a lifetime of iniquity. And it's that blood of Jesus goes deep. That blood of Jesus goes strong. And it covers everything. It covers everything. And it heals you. And it gives you strength. And it delivers you. In Jesus' name. Man, I feel my help coming on now. Number three is mercenaries. 
These are people who serve whatever side pays the best. They're a foreign army. They serve foreigners. They may belong to one country, but they serve for the other. They're soldiers for hire. They said, I'll fight for your cause. How much are you paying me? But this guy, the enemy says, no, I'll, I'll match you and, and I'll pay you even more. And that's not what we want to be. We don't want to be switching sides. We have one mission, and that's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's to give ourselves wholly unto the Lord. And mercenaries, soldiers for the Lord, they just serve the Lord when it's convenient. And when, praise God, and, and when they only serve the Lord when the lights turn on, but when they're all by themselves at home, they don't serve the Lord. And they serve the Lord in front of everybody, but not when they're by themselves. And, and God's called us. This is something I learned when I was gone. God's called us to have a, a ministry, but that ministry is not going to be birthed by a Sunday experience. It's going to be birthed in a prayer room by yourself Monday through Saturday, all by yourself when nobody is watching. And you've got to wake up and say, God, I'm still going to be disciplined. I may be living all alone and my family's not with me. Nobody's watching me, but I've got to pray because I've got to be in the presence of God. And I can't do this on my own. I need provision. I need help. And when you begin to cry out for help, then that help begins to come to you. And He fills you with the Spirit. And He gives you life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Living for God's not cheap. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a lot. A lot of money, too. <laughs> I'm thankful. I sent out some thank you cards, but I want to say thank you publicly to everyone who donated and helped me out to go on this trip. Um, but my bank account did go from here to here, and it was pretty, so that was pretty cool. But I do eat a lot, so it's kind of my fault, too. Um, <laughs> but living for God's going to cost you something. And it's going to cost more than money. It's going to cost your time, and it's going to cost your emotions and it's going to cost, even at times, your relationships with other people because you have to go minister to somebody else and you can't always hang out and you can't always, and it's hard sometimes saying no, but God has something else and, and there's people that are hungry and there's people that are looking for Jesus and we've got to go to them and you've got to realize today if you want to be an active soldier for the, for the Lord, your payment's not always right here. You're going to receive a reward in heaven that's going to far outweigh anything you can experience, anything that you can enjoy right here. And so I'm telling you today to keep on fighting and not to give up because God is with you. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 14. If today you're wondering, why do I want to be an active soldier for the Lord? Because, you know, it costs me something, and I'd rather just do what's convenient. Um, I want to let you know I've lived a convenient life. I have. I've prayed and studied for when I have to preach, and then, you know, I make sure I'm ready to play the piano. But, you know, throughout the week, I'm just doing my own thing. And I've lived that convenient life. But I want to tell you today, it's when you consistently give yourself to the Lord, day in and day out, instant and season and out, He begins to open up doors for you that are greater than than what you can even uh, even what you're able to do. It goes outside of your ability. First uh, John chapter one. 
verse, sorry, chapter 2 and uh, verse 15. If we could go to 15. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the Father, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But verse 17 says this, because if you're a mercenary, your payment comes from the world. But what happens to the world? It says the world passes away. And the lust thereof. So everything that you enjoy, everything you like to do, that passes away. And so does all the fun. It's all going to cease one day. one day. One day everything that you enjoy and you like to do on the side. And so what I learned as well when I was over there is to put away the vain things. Not to waste my time on entertainment. Even if it's, you know, it's, it's clean, it's fine, there's no problem with it. But it does it edify me. Does it build up the body of Christ? Does it help somebody else? How profitable is it for the kingdom? And so you make that sacrifice. But he that does the will of God abides forever. That's your inheritance. That's what you receive when you decide, I'm not going to go the convenient route. I've decided today, I'm going to serve God. And what you have is more than a 70-year pension plan. You have more than your retirement plan. You have more than 10 years of fun after you've quit your job and you said, I'm just going to live until I die. How dreadful. That's terrible. I don't want to live like that. I want my hope to go beyond just this life. This life is so short. And forgive me if if this is morbid, but I I saw something that shocked me and that twisted my stomach up and and made me very upset. When I was there, we were driving on the way back from a... uh, I forget where we were driving back from, but I was with the missionaries, and Brother Brother Campbell was driving, and he's got his left arm out, so his left arm's really dark, and the other one's somewhat dark, and my right arm's getting dark, and my left one's staying white, and so that was cool, and we kind of had a bond like that, we were like, yeah, we got our, our tan arms and our white arms, and uh, we're driving, and there's like the, the main central highway um, going through the place where I'm staying in. It's backed up, and there's all these cars everywhere, and we can't really go. So he's like, okay, we'll just pull off, and we'll go over this. So it's like an exit. It goes up, and then it goes over, you know, those overpass things that people build. I don't know how they do it, but they do a great job. And uh, we saw an accident down below, and we're like, okay, so there was an accident up ahead. What happened? And there's, like, a the big police truck with, like, the jail box so he's like someone's going to jail I'm like what in the world he's like yeah the laws are different down here if you hurt somebody in an accident you're you're penalized for it like you don't have some it's a different law so he's like that's why you're not driving <laughs> like so then you don't stay in jail and can't go back home cool all right so he's we saw this and and there's um he's like I can see like blood trail and because I can't see as well because I'm I'm on this side and accidents down there and the police are down there and there's like these white blankets covering the vehicle and there's someone underneath the vehicle and and they were they weren't alive they'd been they'd been covered and uh and it messed me up and it made me start to feel sick and because people drive really dangerously in those places and and so here's a person who died and they were, they were like jacking up the car to remove the body, and 
it was crazy. And I'm like, so here's a, a, a dead person. It's not like a funeral where you see somebody. It's just like real life. And, and seeing something like that changes something inside of you. And you see life isn't, it could snap so fast. You could be living your life and just having a good time right now. And, and so I made up my mind, like, I can't live every day like I have five years down the road. But every day I wake up, this could be the last day I breathe my breathe a breath. And, and so I want to do something for God. I, there's, some, there's somebody out there who needs to hear the gospel. And if I just decide, well, I'll wait today and, and chill because I'm tired and I'm, I can't go too much further. But there's somebody waiting for you to get up and to go talk to them. Because who knows if it's their last day. Who knows what's going to happen to them if nobody shares the gospel with them. And so if we could break out of that complacent mindset, because I struggle with it as well in this life where we just say, well, I'm fine. I'll I'll do it later. And then we go back to the relaxed mindset. But soldiers are not relaxed. Soldiers are attentive. Soldiers are focused. Soldiers are awake. And they're looking and saying, God, what do you have for me to do? And I'm going to do it. So mercenaries don't have an abiding income. There's doesn't there's passes away when this world passes away and when they die. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And uh, when this world doesn't satisfy you, I want to let you know that there is a well that doesn't run dry that you can tap from. And it's a well of living water, and it's from Jesus Christ. And when He fills you with His Spirit, something's going to change inside of you. Like it changes inside of me every time. And so, if you're wondering today how to keep on going, Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. This is a letter from Paul, an apostle in the New Testament to his son in the gospel, Timothy. And see, Paul has lived for God for a long time. He's fought a lot of fights for the Lord, and he's been beat and whipped and, and persecuted. And he knows something about soldiers because he's a prisoner, and soldiers guard him and they keep him. And even in one instance, soldiers rescued him. And so Paul knows a little bit about being a soldier. And so he compares our walk with God to being a soldier. And he says, Thou therefore, Timothy, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He's saying when it, things get hard, it's not the time to go home and suck our thumbs and curl up in a blanket. It's time to get up and go. Because you're a soldier and you're going to face attacks. This is, this is not a walk for wimpy people. It's not a walk for half-hearted people. You've got to have a, a heart and, and a strength that says, I'm going to go forward. I'm not going to stop. Because we're, we're the army of the Lord. And we're not casual about it. This world is so bold about their evil and perversion. And it's so often we, and I say we because it's me, we, we get so, well, you know, they're bold. I'm just going to, oh, gee, man, I don't want them to get mad at me. No, you need to be bold about who you are in Jesus. You're a soldier. You're not afraid of them. And it says, No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. In verse 4, 
we don't entangle ourselves with this life's affairs. And they told me before I was to go to AIM and, and help out with missionaries, uh, one of a, a missionary talked to me a while back, and he said, listen, man, he said, do as much as you can not to be tied back to the, to the United States. Do as much as you can not to take a loan. Don't go tied down with the, with the house loan. Don't get tied down with all this crazy stuff because that's going to make it harder for you to go and do the work of God. It's going to make it harder for you to step out in faith. The more things that tie you back, it's hard to step out of. And, and it could be for, for someone in this room, it could be something else. You know, maybe you're addicted to something or you're messed up in another area. Um, oh, that's not a bug. That's okay. And, and so we're here and, uh, We don't want to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life, that we may please him who has, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. And so a realization came upon me and said, like, you're supposed to be doing this. This is for you to do. You need to go and do these things. I've chosen you to be a soldier. Go and fight. And so once we get a realization of who we are in God, we're not just people who come and warm a pew and go back home. We're soldiers for God, and we're more active when we're out there than we are even in here. And that's when we go after it. But mercenaries do something else in 2 Timothy 4.10. Paul says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He did fight for, for the Lord, but... Down in his heart, he was just a mercenary. He wasn't truly active. He just did for whatever side was better at the moment. And now he's just forsaken it all together. Because when you start straddling the fence, then it's so easy to just go all the way. And so you have to make up your mind today and choose who you're going to serve. Just choose. If you want to serve the world, go serve the world. But I'm telling you today, it's a lot better doing the things of God. And we're... Did you guys get that going again? Okay, I've got another picture for you. Um, unless you, you can show the 80-year-old the guy again. That's cool. I like that. But anyways, we were, uh, we were there, and, and so there's the 80-year-old man, and then I was, I was preaching in another city, and, and there's a guy there, and this is the first time I felt bold to pray for somebody and and everybody had they they eat after church there which is pretty cool they just like turn all their chairs and set up tables and everyone eats a bunch of food I'm like this is great you know I can eat and and so they're all eating but there's a guy up there and and he's still in the altar and so I'm praying with him and I'm like bro you're not leaving here till you get the Holy Ghost you're not going to leave here until you get changed. And and so I'm doing my best to pray with him in Spanish. And eventually I reach, you know, you reach the end of your ability. And so I, I motion for the pastor and I start speaking through the pastor to him. And, you know, we, we walk him through and he lifts his hands. We pray for him. God fills him with the Holy Ghost when everybody's just eating and talking because somebody's hungry. And if I'm too focused on on what's pleasing to me in the moment, if I'm just a mercenary and doing my own ways, I'm going to miss somebody who's, who's hungry and they need something because this guy's hungry for God. And, and he's, he's, he had a sad story that he, he lost his family because 
wife left him, and he doesn't have, see his kids anymore, and he's all, he moved from Venezuela to come up to Costa Rica, and he's all by himself, and, and she was crying, and he said, it's so painful, it just hurts so much, how do I do this pain in my heart, and, and so God fills him with the Holy Ghost, and if you have a picture of the next guy, oh, that's, oh, sorry, that's a different one, flip through a couple more, nope. Not that one. That guy right there. There he is. And he was happy to receive the Lord. And uh, if you could go to the next picture. After that, I think I sent you one more. There we are. He's getting baptized in Jesus' name. He's getting baptized in Jesus' name. He was all alone by himself. But there's some soldiers who were waiting and they said, we're doing a work for God. And he had a place to come to. He had a church that was there in that city that accepted him and welcomed him in. And when we get up to preach the word of God, there are people who come in and they're hungry and they're hurting and they're ready to receive something. We've got to be ready to minister to them. And so if we've decided today not to be enemy soldiers, if we've decided today not to be mercenaries, we could be a fourth thing, and that's a prisoner of war. You've gone missing. You're inactive. You're not doing the things of God because sin has you clutched. Weights have you attacked. You can't move much because you're bound down by society. And you feel like you're all alone. But I want to let you know that God is here to deliver you today. And He's here to set you free because there's provision here for a soldier. There's provision here for you. And the camp's about to be broken of the enemy. And people are going to be set free in this place. Do you believe that? In Jesus' name. And you go back to that, to the other picture I had of uh, that guy right there. His name is Hydro. He's a really nice guy. He was the, I say it, an apartment complex. And he was the guard. So he, he manned the gate and he patrolled the grounds. And he'd see me go back and forth to church a few times. And, and one day I was coming back in. I was just taking Uber back in. And they dropped me off. And I'm going back. And he's like, hey, what's up? And he's, this is in Spanish, so I'm doing good, right? <laughs> Starting to pick it up. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, how are you? He's like, where are you coming from, church? He's like, how come you never invite me? Uh, what? I mean, you know, we're... We're pretty adamant about building the relationship first, right? And wait till they're comfortable, until they're ready. But there are some people, and this is where you got to be full of the Holy Ghost because that discernment happens, and this quickened me, and I, I prayed and said, God, I don't want to do that ever again. I want to know. I want to know, God, when there's somebody who needs it right now. I want to know when these people, they've got to have it right now, and they're not ready to wait. They don't want to wait. And so he was hungry, and, and he was desperate, and he said, how come you never invite me? I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I was like, uh, this, is, this was Sunday. I'm like, you can come next Sunday. He's like, I work Sundays, man. I work 12-hour shifts, 6 to 6. My only day's off for Monday and Tuesday. I was like, well, I know a church has got a Wednesday at 6.30. We can make it right after you get off work. And so this guy comes with me right after we get off work, and it was awesome. And uh, that's us at the church. And... We did a quick Bible study after he got off work Sunday night, and uh, if you've never done a Bible study with someone in Spanish, that's an experience too, 
And so I have my, my English Bible, and then I pull up the, the Spanish Bible app on my phone, and I'm just finding scriptures for him, and then I have him read it on the Spanish app. And so we, oh man, we probably go for about an hour, and he's reading all these scriptures, and he's just reading them. He's like, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And so, so he comes with us, and uh, I, I just I drive with him, take him to church Wednesday, and uh, the service is going. And you know what? If you take someone to church with you, worship just like you do when you're by yourself. It, those people don't need to see you just like them. They need to see you be apostolic. We've got to get out and we've got to praise the Lord. Don't hold back your worship because you brought a guest. And so he comes and, and then the pastor calls him forward and he is like, hey, you come up here. We're going to pray for you. I'm like, what in the world? The pastor just called up the new guy. What? And so he's just like, Jesus' name, and we pray for him. And then he goes and gets baptized. We see that other picture, and he's getting baptized in Jesus' name. And it was a wonderful experience to see somebody who's hungry. I see somebody who's desperate receive the receive baptism in Jesus' name, and there's we have to hold down their legs, otherwise they pop out. Because we don't bury people with their legs sticking out, we'd normally cover them all the way. So that's what they do there. So it was good. But if you're out here and you're alone today, and you say, "Well, I'm not a mercenary. Uh, I'm not a prisoner of war either. Like I feel pretty free. I don't feel bound up by sin." Uh, and if you are bound up by sin, you're going to be delivered, okay? You're going to get set free. But there's some provision that's going to come in here. There's going to be a shift right here. There's some provision that's going to come to you. I don't care what you're dealing with right now. Because there's a prophet in the Bible named Elijah. And he just done some wonderful things. He called down fire from heaven. He killed all these evil prophets. And then he outruns a chariot, and it's crazy. It's like, how did that guy do it? So we're going to go back to 1 Kings 19. I want to let you know that there's something for you. You're not going to leave this place weary like you came in. At least spiritually. Go home, take a nap. That's okay. First <laughs> uh, Kings chapter 19 if we could pull up verse 1, I, don't, I didn't give that to you. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me. And more also, and I just, I heard a message about this the other day, and it was from Brother Arnold, and he's like, that lady's a fool. What gods? He just killed all of them. Like, he just, he killed all their idols. He, he tore them down. And so she's calling out to gods that don't even exist. But even still, her words do something to him. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. And... And because a word from the enemy came to a soldier who was by himself. He said, I'm all by myself. There's no one fighting for the Lord. I have to go against 400 prophets all by myself. And now there's some evil queen who who's wants my head. And, and she just says, I'm going to kill you. 
And so he lets those words affect his mind, and then his mind twists, and he's like, I'm afraid. And then he goes into the desert. And here's a guy who just done wonderful things for God. He's a soldier. He's been fighting. But suddenly those words just turn into him, and suddenly he just gets sick of it. I'm weary. At one moment, he's out running a chariot. He's probably going 40 miles an hour. That's crazy. Here's some bearded prophet probably wearing some camel's clothes or something. I don't know. And he's out running a chariot. And he's full of the anointing. And he's like, it's a rah-rah service. And everyone's shouting and praising, praising the Lord. But then the word from the devil hits him as soon as he walks outside the door. As soon as he leaves. And that's what I want to say to somebody today. You come into the service time and again, and then the devil's talking to you. The enemy has been speaking to you. Some demonic forces are talking to you, and they're messing with your mind, and your mind's all twisted and messed up, and you're running into the desert. and say, I don't know where I'm at. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm ready to die. I've already done a work for God. I've lived long enough. Just let me die here. I'm just done. I'm done ministering. I'm going to sit down for my position. I'm going to stop playing keys. I'm going to stop preaching. Uh, I'm just done because I, I'm weary. I'm tired. And, and, but something happens there in verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than my father's. But the crazy thing is, is this guy was the greatest prophet until John the Baptist. He's the greatest prophet that ever lived besides that guy. But even still, when the soldier is weary, there is provision for you in the desert. There is provision for you in the wilderness. And there's provision for you here today. Because it says that an angel of the Lord came unto him. And the angel came and made some food for this guy and gave him some water and said, hey, get up and eat. And so he gets up and eat, and it says that he uh, laid him down again in verse 6. But then verse 7, the music of you come, verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time. And you may have come back to the house of God, and the Lord touched you. And then he went back out again, and he just, I'm still tired. I'm just going to go back to sleep. I'm hitting snooze. I'm not living for God right now. But the Lord is here a second time. He's here the second time for you today. And he's got a word for you, and he's got provision for you right here in this service. If you would come up and get it. He's got provision for you here today. He said, it came again the second time and touched him. Sometimes all you need is just to feel the presence of God one more time. But not only feel the presence, but then once the presence of God moves upon you, don't just be satisfied with that because I've heard this preached and I believe it with all my heart. When the presence of God moves upon you, it's for a reason. And it's not just to feel good, but because there's a word that follows the presence. There's a word that follows the moving of the Spirit. And that word says, arise and eat. Get up from your weariness. Stand up from your tiredness. Stand up from this life, this whole week that's been so dreadful. And we've been so sick. And we've been so tired. But I want you to arise up. Because this is the second time right here. You've ate last week, but here's a new week. Here's the new day. And I want you to eat again. Why? Because there's something for you to do.
You see, because once you're a soldier, you don't stop. There's something here for everybody in this place. I don't care what you're experiencing, but God has a call for your life. And He's calling you to do something great for Him. But you can't do it sitting down, and you can't do it sleeping. You've got to arise, and you've got to partake of what He has for you right here today. Because He has provision for a weary soldier. He has a provision for a weary soldier right here in the desert. And Elijah rose, and he didn't eat and drink. But verse 7 says, rise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. The journey is too great for me by myself. I can't make it alone. And that's why, and a lot of us know that. And that's why we run from the call of God because we know it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. And because we know it's going to take all of our efforts. We're going to have to give up some stuff that we don't want to give up. But once you give that stuff up, say I'm going to rise and I'm going to take what God's provided for me because what God provides for you will get you through the wilderness and it's not just going to get you through the wilderness but someone's been called today to a deep thing of God and I'm calling out to you today because you've got to go to a mountain and you've got to climb that mountain and you've got to hear the voice of God and it's a still small voice that's going to talk to you and that voice is going to talk to you and tell you what you've got to do because you're still a soldier and you're not retired. You're a soldier. Can we stand to our feet? We're not, we're not just half-hearted people. We're hungry. And if you're hungry for this today, I want you to come forward. If you're weary and if you're tired, there's provision for you right here in the wilderness. God's about to give you His supernatural strength. It's going to show up right here and God's going to fill you. But you've got to arise and you've got to, you got to partake. You've got to come and you've got to eat. Because if you stay right where you're at, I'm going to tell you right now, if you could listen for just a moment, if you remain where you are and you don't arise and you partake of what God has for you right here, because today is the new day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God has made, and I'm not going to pass up this moment because I could die after I leave here. I'm not promised tomorrow, but God has a provision for you, and He has a journey for you. Sister Doris, you're not retired yet. You're still a soldier. You're still fighting. You're still going because there's a plan for you, and you've got to go because what happens is if you, if you don't get up and eat, then you won't go to the wilderness. And if you don't go to the wilderness and live off the food that God gives you, then you won't be able to climb that mountain. And if you don't climb the mountain, you won't hear the voice. And if you don't hear the voice, then the next prophet of Israel won't rise up. Then, the, then Israel's not going to have a prophet. Then your city's not going to have somebody to help you. And then Jezebel's still going to live. Because what happens is, is God spoke to Elijah in that mountain. He said, go, anoint this guy, anoint this guy, anoint this guy. Because I'm going to destroy the sin here. I'm going to destroy the sin here. I'm going to destroy the sin here. And if you don't go to the wilderness, then sin's still going to hold your lost loved one. If you don't go to the wilderness, then sin's still going to hold your family. And it's still going to grip him. But if you would break free today and you would partake of what God has for you, he's anointed you to go to a place 
He's anointed you to go somewhere, to go and possess the land. He's anointed you to go and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. The anointing is upon you, John, to minister to somebody. Hallelujah. That's your job. You don't have to do this by yourself. You're not alone. God is here for you today. If we could lift up our hands.